what brands often tell us is, I don't know what I don't know yet. So we really come alongside brands and help guide you through the process of explaining what your options are so that you understand what it is that you want for your business. Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast, where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered, how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. again, my foodie friends. It's George Deering, the founder of VA Foodie and a content marketing consultant for the specialty food industry. I'm coming to you from the last stages of spring in the northern Shenandoah Valley, and we are still having a wild ride with our weather patterns. These past few weeks, I have literally been changing from shorts to winter coats and back again. And while these particular weather conditions can't specifically be attributed to the climate crisis, We've had a hard frost right before Mother's Day for as long as I can remember. But these extreme jumps in temperatures do remind me of why I shifted my career from supporting corporate manufacturing clients to working with you, owners and marketers, for sustainable food brands. The work you do is important. We need to change how food gets from the ground to our families. In the last two years, we've seen just how important local food is to our economy and to our communities. Yes, corporate farming needs to change, but they've got the resources to make that change happen if they choose. I'm here because I want you to be successful at what you're doing, at whatever scale makes sense for you, your business, and your family. Scaling a food brand is my topic for today. I'm chatting with Ashley Sutterfield from Sage, a coaching and consulting firm that promises that you can find a co-packing partner in scale to profitability in less than a year. I've known Ashley for about a year because we've worked together to help a brand do just that. I've been impressed with her depth of knowledge and the way she has guided our client through what is often a scary period for a food brand. Ashley and I both start with clients who are at about the same stage in growth. We look for brands who are in their first few years and have begun to grow beyond farmers markets and are looking to establish or grow their sales through retail partnerships. I help brands get into stores and get onto retail shelves. And Ashley helps brands solve how they will keep up with the production demands that retail relationships often create. This period of growth is a very push-me-pull-you situation that is centered around your capacity for supply and demand. It can be nerve-wracking for a brand. You need more sales to grow your business, but you also need to have the production capacity to support those new sales. What I love about Ashley's business is that she is such a voice of calm in a chaotic time. I'm very happy to introduce her to my clients because she is a wealth of information in a sector of the business that I know nothing about. I always learn something new from her each time we speak. And as you listen to our conversation, I guarantee that you will learn something new from her today too. Ashley, hello, and thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, George, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here because you are working on something that crosses my clients' paths all the time. 
So I thought I'd let you introduce yourself to our listeners and then we'll take a dive in. Yeah. Well, I'm Ashley Sutterfilm and I help food entrepreneurs scale their product and understand what their production options are to grow their business. And I've been doing this for the last four years. I've been in the food industry as a food scientist for gosh, 15 years before that. And so this is where I've been focused for the last four. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. So when you say scale and production, the reason I asked you here is because the word co-packing comes to mind. Is that really the primary focus of what you're doing? Yeah, we find that most companies come to us and start working with us initially because they have questions about co-packing. I think where brands typically think or hear that they should scale their business is with a co-packer. And so that's generally where our conversation is initiated is when somebody's thinking about co-packing. But what we like to give them a frame of reference for is they actually have options outside of co-packing to scale their production through self-manufacturing or building their own co-packing facility. And so we really want companies to understand what their options are and make the best choice for them and their business. Oh, that sounds like a much needed service. Many of the small brands that I work with, they so often have nightmare stories about co-packing. And so can you tell me how you ended up in this spot? You said that you were a food scientist for 15 years. Can you tell me how you ended up moving out into this consultant role? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I grew up with parents who are entrepreneurs. And so entrepreneurship has always been in my blood, I think. And in college, I was very fortunate to work in the food product center at university. And I worked with a family. We offered services to the state to help companies launch and start their food businesses. And so I got to work. My first exposure to research and development and developing a product was with this Latin family developing a black bean soup. And they wanted to share their recipe with the world. And so I got to work through that process with them and then had the opportunity with other companies to do the same thing. So whenever I moved into my career as a food scientist at the corporate level, I loved what I got to do. And I loved being in production and in manufacturing floors and realized that I was very skilled at that. But there was always this tug back to entrepreneurship. And I knew that I wanted to own my own business. But when I thought about also where I could serve best, I knew it was with food entrepreneurs. And that's really who my heart is for. And so that's (laughs) how I worked my way back into working with food entrepreneurs on co-packing. Oh, I so understand that tug. I mean, I've worked with large corporations and you run across these people who have the same needs. And how can I adapt this for them? Yeah. And just seeing, I think from the view of co-packing in particular, it's such a challenging area for entrepreneurs. There's not a lot of information out there on it. And so I was seeing this very large frustration for entrepreneurs around co-packing. And for me, that came very naturally with my experience prior. And so it seemed like just something I could help ease the lives and make things simpler for food entrepreneurs. And so that's really where I wanted to begin focusing and where we've been in the last four years. So the two questions that I saw on your website that really spoke to me is, have you tried to find the right co-packer and gotten stuck? 
And are you nervous to even start looking for a co-packer? Can you talk about the experience that a brand would have when they sign on with you? And what does that look like? Is it long-term or is it one-off? What happens when someone comes to you looking for help? Yeah, we really know that the process of moving to a co-packer or scaling your own production can seem very daunting. And what brands often tell us is, I don't know what I don't know yet. So we really come alongside brands and help guide you through the process of explaining what your options are so that you understand what it is that you want for your business. And once we have clarity around that, we're able to write your formulations and work through you through volume projections and ingredient sourcing, and then into the phase of searching for a co-packer. So we do the search for companies and help narrow those results and sit in on interviews with co-packers. And then we help you finalize that process of testing with a co-packer and launching. And then all of the systems that come for the processes that we want in place to have a successful relationship with a co-packer. And so we start with companies in our eight-week coaching program. And it's simply that we meet every other week with a brand to talk through their challenges and to work through this framework of how we develop true partnerships that are trusted with co-packers, mm -hmm. how to develop your own manufacturing facility. And typically we get to the end of the eight-week program and companies choose to continue working with us. And we just work month to month with companies. We have some clients that have been with us for a year or two, and we have some that have gone through our eight-week program and feel empowered to tackle co-packing themselves. And that's excellent too. We really work to support a brand for as long as they need us, whether that's eight weeks or a couple of years. So once they get out of that eight-week program, does it kind of change one way or the other? Like it may just be once a month that you're with them, or is it really on whatever the need is? Yeah, we tend to stay with that at least every other week schedule. And then depending upon where you're at in your business, there's different times during our work together that we may be on a weekly basis just because we're trying to scale up manufacturing or we're in the process of you've developed your own co-packing facilities. So we're working through those systems. And so it's fluid, but we really want to support a company how they need it throughout our work together. Mm -hmm. How does a small brand know when it's time to seek a co-packing relationship? What do you want to see them be triggers for them? Yeah, really good question. Typically, I like to see a brand that's been on the market for a year to three years. Typically, two to three years is a good time frame, but we do work with brands who come into that sooner. And we want you to be in that phase of you've outgrown the farmer's market scene and you're moving into retail chains or whatever the channel is that you're looking at. And maybe you're in a few stores already, but you're feeling the strain of production yourself or you're being proactive to move towards the future of production. And so we want you to be in that mindset of growth and have a strategic plan laid out for how we're going to start moving forward into that. But I think some of those triggers are really around, are you sleeping at night or is production <laughs> keeping you awake? <laughs> is, I mean, that's often a really big trigger for a lot of brands that we work with is all I think about is production and not having enough inventory. And if you're in that space, it's time to start thinking about how do I scale my production? Oh, that seems like, see, I thought, oh, 
I imagine that a lot of people are coming to you with that hair on fire feeling like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? You know, it's funny. We work with so many brands that I think people are calm and cool. And once we get into it, it's really about like, oh, I just didn't know how to go about this either. And I wanted to be proactive because I feel the strain of production or I want to be able to grow my brand. And I just can't right now because of my inventory. So what are you seeing with small brands that is different from your work in your corporate life? I think with small brands, the biggest thing is that it's personal. It is your business. So you get to make the decision about what production option makes the most sense for you. And I think there's a lot of pressure, even when companies first come to us, they think that co-packing is the solution. And that's simply because that's what the industry talks about. And Mm -hmm. we want companies to know that they have other options. But I think the biggest difference from small business to corporate is simply that you can make decisions that are very personal. You can make intuitive decisions about which co-packer to go with and which one do you actually want a relationship with. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the privilege that's a bit different than working in a corporate environment. So you think in the corporate environment, it's much more numbers driven? Yeah, I think so. And I think there's a point in business where that makes sense. But for small businesses, it's just not at that point yet. And we want to build relationships over having a numbers game because it's going to be much more fruitful. And when you're one of the only people in your business, it's very impactful to make decisions that are healthy for you as a person. Yeah, that's probably (laughs) a huge difference is that it's like you own all of it. And so you got to find the things that make this a rewarding life for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Sometimes when I'm working with my marketing clients, sometimes there's a piece of the marketing that this is where they get their joy. Like, Mm. I'm not going to take that away from you. So let's figure out how we can work that into expanding your reach and putting processes in place and taking some of the burden off of the owner's shoulder. So, yeah. And I think that's where it gets exciting too, is that's why we become entrepreneurs, I think, is so that you can design a business that you love and have a day-to-day life that's really fulfilling. And so I think it's important to take those types of considerations into account. Do you ever have a client that decides not to scale? Yeah, actually, it's something that when someone gets into the phase of deciding on what's next, sometimes that can be a very personal decision. Actually, I'm kind of second guessing how I want to grow. And actually, my gut's saying I should stay this size. Or we have a lot of companies that we work with that being a nationwide brand is not their goal. Being a regional brand is more important and having raving fans is much more important. And so mm-hmm. we very much subscribe to the mentality of the small giants book of you can be whatever size serves your client and your family the best. And so we see that a lot with the brands that we work with. No, oh, that's good. That's good to know that you're out there not always just saying grow, grow, grow. I know of at least two brands right here in my neighborhood where they both said no. I want to live within a space. I want my brand to extend within a space where I can make deliveries and I can be home at night. And I just want to figure out how to make the income in the life that I want based on this. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful to realize what your values are and how you want to live your life and how your business fits into that. And for some companies, that is being a large company and a huge brand. But for some, that's not the case. And that's wonderful too. 
Well, I'm going to segue right into what do you want for your business? What kind of businesses are you hoping to serve? Who would be your Uh, ideal clients? Yeah. So we work with companies across food and beverage, and we love working with female-owned businesses who are starting out in this phase of kind of a second career in their life. We work with a lot of females who are into their 40s to 60s. And I think there's a wisdom in that age of what you want your business to be. And we love getting to serve individuals in that group and help you grow your business. There's an aspiration to work with people who are intuitive and make decisions based on gut feeling and simply needing the information at their fingertips to make the right decision and to go with their gut. And so we feel like that's really important in the way that we operate as a business. And we want to work with companies who are also in tune with who they are and what their values are. Well, that was a lovely answer and not at all what I was expecting. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, we deal primarily in baked goods or something like that. And you, you actually gave me a great customer persona, which... I recognize that person in the marketing materials that you put out because you speak to them in a way that Mm. personality might be responsive to the intuitiveness and the personal aspect of running a business. So good job on that. Thanks. Surprised me. (laughs) We really want companies to feel hope and to know that what we do is relationship-based from working with ingredient suppliers to having a manufacturing company or a co-packer in place. We want you to feel all of that to be relationship-based. And that's who we enjoy working with, those brands that believe in having a relationship. So that sounds really kind of small and personal a bit, talking about brands not scaling. But is there a time or a spirit behind when a client would be the right fit for building their own manufacturing facility? Yeah, absolutely. We've worked with several clients that are in this boat and it gives me an absolute thrill to get to work in this space. And I think for clients that for any brand owner who loves production and maybe has a very strategic way of thinking about production, we see some of our clients that we've loved working with go through this phase of wanting to grow their own brand, but also seeing a gap of, well, I'm not finding the co-packer that I want. And I actually love what I'm doing in production. I was just being told that a co-packer was the solution. So I want to grow, but I also really love being an entrepreneur. I kind of want to have a second business with this because that's how we view co-packing is that if you're building your own manufacturing facility, you have a completely separate business now that's producing product for your brand. And we think that those brands that go that route, it's often another challenge for them. It's a new business to start. It's a new creative outlet, but it's around still loving production and Mm -hmm. wanting to be able to produce their own product and serve other entrepreneurs. So you said we a lot. And so I'm always curious, how big is your team? Good question. So there are three of us, I would say three and a half. We're actually adding a fourth team member now. And so we have Laura, who is our systems and processes wizard, and she works on everything within our own system of automations and templates and creating things for Sage, but also she develops a lot of systems and processes 
for the brands that we work with. And so anytime we have something that we need to think about, how do we do this on a daily or weekly schedule? She helps us put that into a functional system. And then we have Kristen, who is our copywriter, and she is working on everything from our blog to how we communicate with clients and potential brand clients. And so she's really phenomenal at helping us craft story. And then Jackie is our newest team member coming in. And she's been a longtime friend of mine that focuses on food production and regulation. And so she's actually coming into our team as a co-packer search specialist now. Oh, okay. Do you have other people like industry specialists that you tap from your former life, depending on your client needs? Oh, absolutely. We work with a lot of, especially on the ingredient and packaging side, that we will tap into those resources to find out if there's a source for an ingredient or a type of ingredient that a client's looking for. Or on the packaging side, we need a new box or a new printed packaging for this. We're constantly trying to tap into those and always developing new relationships around distribution and storage and things like that as well. Well, it sounds like you, I mean, here, it sounds like you're a great resource for your clients. And it's a piece of the industry that I didn't really think about as having consultants in, but I butt up against it a lot when my clients are struggling. And of course, on the marketing side, budget is always something that we discuss because I want to know how much do you have to spend? And that's where we kind of get into this pricing cycle and all kinds of things. So I'm so glad that you're out there as a resource that I can also say, hey, maybe you want to talk to Ashley because I can't answer these questions. (laughs) Yeah. I think just like you, George, we want to be a resource for companies that we connect them with the right resources too. And so we're constantly making sure that our clients are working with or talking to the right types of resources. And so again, it goes back to very relationship-based and knowing that there's answers out there and we just want to connect you with the right one. That's a great place to be. So I know that you just rebranded your business because when we started talking about the interview, you had a different name and now you are Sage. And I think that's a really exciting move to reinvent yourself. But now that you're in that process, what's on the horizon for you? Oh, yeah. Good question. I think this year, so we haven't officially announced our brand anywhere else except for here and on... It's been very new. And so we were formerly Metzger and Roth, and now we are branded as Sage. And we want that to feel very warm and like a wise guide in your process. And Mm. I think for us, what's next is just remaining consistent and providing resources for companies and becoming someone that when you think of growing your business with your production options or you're considering co-packing, that we become the go-to, but really because we're providing so much value for brands. And so for the next year, our focus is simply on growing the resources that we have, the templates that we use, the questions that we provide, and all of the tools for guidance is really what we're focused on for the future. And so I think as we continue to expand our team, That's been exciting to get to see all the value that we can continue to add and start to build on. And so I keep thinking of Sage as kind of this 2.0 version and Metzger and Roth was the foundation and Sage is now we're putting up the walls. 
as we put up the walls, now we get to build it even firmer and stronger as a house. And so I think it's exciting to think about how we get to continue to add value for brands that we work with. So in your long run, I'm going to ask your entrepreneurial question that Mm -hmm. I didn't forewarn. And that is, are you empire building or are you knowledge, just knowledge building? (laughs) Oh, really good question. So we are empire building. But we realize that we're in the phase right now of that knowledge building. And so the Empire Build is for the future of being just a very inclusive, such tight relationships with co-packers that we can really plug companies in very easily to the right co-packer and to grow our business to the point where we have the team members and resources that can support hundreds of clients and not just 20s of clients right now. And so um, (laughs) I think that's where we see our scale going is that we build our team in a way that allows us to support more brands through this process in a very empathetic and hopeful way for brands. And so it's really important that we keep the culture as a large part of our business, but that we are able to scale to serve more companies in the future. Oh, wow. I like your vision. That's a big vision. (laughs) So tell me, if we're just now announcing who you are, can you tell listeners how to find you with your website and social handle? Absolutely. So our website is sage.expert and you can find us there. If you would like to schedule any calls with us, that's where you can do it. It's very simple on our website. And we are actually not on social media today, except for LinkedIn. And you can find me there just as a personal connection with Ashley Sutterfield. Oh, that's great. Ashley Sutterfield mm-hmm. and LinkedIn and sage.expert. Good win on that URL. Yeah. <laughs> Domain <laughs> names for the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so nice talking to you and exploring more about your business. We've worked together, but it was so good to take a little deep dive in what you're doing. So thank you for joining me. So nice to visit with you, George. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We're at vafoodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands. 